Jesus shot in on the sick. Just some announcements, if I remember them. Oh, here they are. The focus of the month is uh, a collection for the A1 Road Church to help them with their renovations. This coming Wednesday, uh, Lord willing, uh, Brother Thomas Nitz is going to be here and make a presentation about the, the work uh, team that went to uh, the Galilean home, the handicapped Galilean home. This coming weekend, uh, Lord willing, there's going to be a baptismal weekend in the Ancaster Church. And on November the 9th, that's a Saturday, there is the workshop for mentorships. Uh, those wishing to participate, they should sign up downstairs on the list because there's a limited number only available. And not the last. Uh, Next weekend is the time change, so on Saturday evening you should turn the clock back one hour, one hour. Let's bow. O thou, eternal one, the only provider of every good and perfect gift, to thee we look, O Lord, for thy blessing in this afternoon hour to meet the needs that are gathered here, dear Father, known unto thee, beginning right here at the front, O Lord, for no one can give anything except thou dost provide first. We humbly pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> We'd like to read and meditate with the Lord's help out of the Word of God, as found in the first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 1. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother, unto the church of God which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything ye are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that ye come behind in no gift waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say, that every one of you said, I am of Paul, and I of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius, lest any should say that I had baptized in my own name. And I baptized also the household of Stephanas. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God had chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God had chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised had God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who is of God, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that gloried, let him glory in the Lord. God saw it fit that also this letter should be preserved for, for our learning. And I'm so thankful that these letters are preserved for us 
and that showed that even the initial church had its struggles, had its problems. Where would we be if, according to man's wisdom, they would have only written the things that are nice, that are commendable, that are perfect to us of the initial church? If that had been the case, we surely would look at ourselves and would be despaired. We despaired. But we can see, yes, even the initial church had struggles. And some other struggles are the same struggles that we have. So we should be encouraged that as God did not write off disregard the initial church, but worked with it and used his servants to, to help and to set right and to point out things to them that also it can help us. The Apostle Paul, who was very instrumental in the hands of God, and God testified of it himself, saying, he's a chosen vessel unto me, a chosen tool that I may show my glory, and I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. And that in itself showed and confirmed the sincerity of the Apostle Paul, who was willing to suffer many things for the sake of Christ. So it's not what the Apostle Paul thought it was not a religion of convenience, of ease, but through his own suffering, he also confirmed that he really was convinced and convicted of the things that he spoke and wrote down. <clears throat> and although we know that the church of Corinth had many problems, and uh, the Apostle Paul even had to tell him, you're carnal because there is strife among you, there is seditions. But yet, still, the standing was that they were the saints of God, separated. And to the church of God, which is in Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. And when the Bible speaks about saints, it's not something like, like some of the religions would make a statue and put it up on that these are the saints. No, no. Saints really signifies to be sanctified, to be separated. That's what it means, separated unto God. We can read in the Old Testament how things were sanctified. They were separated unto God for the use of God, for worship. And in that sense also, we are called to be saints, to be separate unto God. Not that we are holy in ourselves, but it is Jesus that sanctifies us. Jesus that separates us, sanctifies us, and makes us acceptable unto God the Father. And the Apostle Paul thanks God for all the grace that has been shown unto them in Christ Jesus and and that they have gifts in everything. You are enriched in utterance, in knowledge, and so forth. But he had some things to say that were not right. That they were... It had been declared unto me of you, brethren, that that there are contentions among you. There are disagreements. 
disagreements. And disagreements in the church cause a very poor witness. When there is disagreement, when there's arguing, people that come and behold that says, well, why do I want to be part of this? But if they speak the same thing, if they believe, first of all, the same thing, if they uphold the same thing, and then even if it is practiced the same thing, that convicts people. The Apostle Paul, I think later on in the epistle to the Corinthians says, you know, when you come together and they start speaking in tongues and all do that, you know, somebody coming in, he will think you are mad. And it is so. We hear, I have heard it myself, of people that went to gatherings where they were speaking in tongues and they were all bubbling something together and said, poof, they're crazy. But, he says, if you come together and all prophesy, meaning speak the word of God, the same thing, that is going to convince them. That is going to convict them. When we look at ourselves and consider, the other day I was talking with somebody and pointing out how many different backgrounds come together here. How many different backgrounds? People from different walk of life, different uh, uh, background, different nationalities come together, you know, and yet can be one if they strive in Christ Jesus to do so. That's a strong witness. And that may want also then others to be part of it. But to argue, as, as they did here, you know, some said, I am of Paul. You know, they liked the preaching of Paul. The other one, I am of Apollos, who was also a good speaker, or Cephas, who is Peter, or some Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you or were you baptized in the name of Paul? And he had to remind him of these things, that Christ really was all in all. He is the one that of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. And the rest of them, they're just tools, just instruments in God's hand if they yield to him. And then you have to say, look, we, are, we agree together. I have no difference with Apollos or with Cephas. I don't. So why, why do you make differences by claiming you are the one or the other? You favor the one or the other. And then he also says, I, I baptized only a few of you because God didn't send me to baptize. The baptizing really should be done and has to be done by the local church, by the people that know them, that know them, because they're going to take the responsibility up then to see to it that they are nurtured properly and they will know where they come from and they will find what their weaknesses are and help them. And who can say that he doesn't need help? Who can? But for Paul to come and baptize, no. He said, that not, was not my purpose. God sent me to preach the word. Wherever he went, he started a church, but then charged those that were local and he appointed elders and so forth 
that they should then take care of the church. And baptizing was part of it, was part of it. And that's how we hold it also. We don't even bring just people in to, to preach the word. But among you, brethren, there are, God raises up those that should speak because they will be known then. Are they walking? Do they fulfill the requirement of the Bible as it says that the preacher should be? See, because we know each other, then we also realize our weaknesses and faults and can care for them. We can care for them. That's how God wants it to be. God wants it to be a body that cares for each other, that works together to the honor and glory of God. That's going to be a strong witness if they work together. But when there is divisions, when there's differences, that is so destructive and even affects those that have been raised in the church. How often when I hear that children of believing parents have gone out in the world because they were discouraged by the example they saw. Some of them may return, as we heard also yesterday in the testimony, that one had gone out and lived his life, but then came to himself, came back, and how he appreciates it now, how he appreciates it now. So we got to be careful, no? You may not be the one that goes out and, and brings people in and preaches to them and so forth, but you're going to be a witness the way you interact with the rest of the fellowship. You're going to be a witness that may encourage somebody or, or not. I remember some difficult times also in our church when those that were young in faith, they were disturbed. Say, how can this be? And then they looked up to you, and, and what you said was very important to encourage them. Thanks be to God if we can work together. That's what he wants. The new commandment by Jesus Christ was that you love one another as I have loved you. And that was not possible before. It was only possible after the power has been given to those that believed in Christ became the children of God. Remember when Jesus went up, was ascended, he said, tarry at Jerusalem till you be endued with power. And that came at Pentecost when the Spirit came upon them. Because of our own self, it's not in us to love as Jesus loved. But God can love others through us if we let him. The preaching of the cross, which is the central preaching of the gospel, the preaching of the cross, which here it says, It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And the word foolishness is perhaps put here in for emphasis, but I would understand this to mean the simple preaching of the word, the simple preaching. In Romans we read that faith comes by the word of God, no, by hearing the word of God, a willing heart, that hears the word of God, that wants to believe, has the choice because God's grace is extended at that time that if they want to, they can believe. They can. It's a choice. <clears throat> the foolishness of preaching 
to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign. You know, the Jews which had the Old Testament, which had the promises and so forth, which were instructed, which said, yes, they believed in God in some way, and they waited for a sign. And when the sign came, they didn't believe it. They didn't believe it. Jesus had to say to them when they asked him a sign from heaven, he says, there shall be no sign given to them but the sign of Jonas. As Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale of the belly, in the belly of the whale, so shall also the son of man be in the belly of the earth. That sign was given to them, the cross. And they wouldn't accept it. It was a stumbling block unto them. They rejected the sign. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, unto Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. The preaching of the cross is the wisdom of God and is the power of God. Something that nobody could figure out before. And Satan, who had seen so much and experienced so much, he couldn't figure that out either. He thought he had won the victory when Jesus hung out the cross. Yet that very act of hanging at the cross and suffering for our sins defeated the adversary, defeated him. And the power of God for those that believe in the resurrected Christ. The power of God. The wisdom of God, the power of God. And that's the thing that separates even nowadays people when they hear the preaching of the cross. To some say, why was that necessary? They don't even believe that man has a sinful nature. They see the things that happen. They see the perversions, the cruelty, the suffering, all of that but they deny it. They deny it. They can't see that that's a sinful nature that brings this about when man is left to himself. And they see no need for the cross. It's foolishness. Why would somebody die at a cross? For what? And those that claim to believe in God says, why would God allow that? It's foolishness. Some reject it because it's foolishness. But unto them that are called, both Jews and Greeks, because God is no respecter of person, and although the Jews as a nation, the majority rejected the preaching of the cross, there were those that did receive it. And among them, there were churches we see at Jerusalem and in Samaria and in other places, and even Paul, who was a Jew, and Greeks, Greeks too, and Greeks stood for those that are the so-called educated philosophers that sought after wisdom. They're called Greeks in this, in, in this Bible. But unto them which are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. His ways are so much higher and past finding out on our own. 
It's only when God reveals it, when in retrospect we see how God worked these things, we say, we marvel at it. We marvel at it. And that happens also in our own personal life. When we look ahead and, and need to walk by faith and find it difficult at times to make decisions, find it difficult because, you know, things pull this way, pressure this way, that way. We have our likings, we have our dislikings, and so forth. And sometimes we resist, even if we realize that this is what the Bible wants. That is what it teaches. And then if we submit, we can see the wisdom. We can see the wisdom. And for those that have walked many years in faith, and they look back and say, what a wisdom, God. What a good care. Oh, it may not have been easy, but God is faithful. God is faithful, and he wants us to be faithful. Now, it's not just to have faith. The Jews, they were more familiar with the word called faithful, to be faithful. The things that you promised, the things that God promised, to hold to them and to walk accordingly. So it's more descriptive, I would think, the word to be faithful. Be thou faithful unto death, and thou shalt receive the crown of life that according as it is written, he that gloried, let him glory in the Lord. Brother, please find the hymn. Any particular verses? One hundred sixty four, three verses.
Let us pray. Our gracious and loving Father in heaven, we do thank thee for giving us this day to assemble in the house of worship and to hear what thou hast to say unto us. And our Father, we have so much that thou hast given unto us that it will keep us occupied for quite a while to apply it all in our lives. And as we were taught this morning that we need to occupy until thou hast come, and thou hast given us talents that need to be used to thy honor and glory. And the Father grant that we may not be like the one that buried it and did not use it. Forgive us, O Father, where we fail. Strengthen us and help us to do better. Father, we do thank you for thy manifold signs of thy grace and thy love for us. And Father, we words fail us to, to express it as thy wonderful ways are being shown unto us through thy word. Thou hast taught us also that we need to be in love, in unity of one mind following thee and esteeming the other better than ourselves. For indeed, thou hast been such an example to us in so many ways. Father, we thank thee for it all. And we ask thee now to continue to keep watch over us, be with us, be with also our loved ones that are in Kitchener, bring them safely back, and be with all of thy children wherever they are gathered in thy houses of worship and grant that thy name would be uplifted, that we all would be encouraged and brought closer to thee. Father, we are mindful of those also that are not able to be with us because of sickness and old age and other difficulties of other known unto thee, but thou canst help, thou canst be with each and every one. And thou knowest also the cares and concerns that even in, are in our midst, O Father. Thou art a provider and an encourager and a comforter to all. Father, we thank thee for all thy care, and we ask thee, keep watch over thy children wherever they are. Be with us, Father, we thank thee and we pray in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The preaching of the cross, which is so central to the message of the gospel, in one of the hymns that we sing, 
It's the tasting place where heaven's justice and heaven's love meet. It's the meeting place where God's justice and God's love meets the cross. God's justice in just in judging sin upon his very own son because he was willing to receive our sin. And God's love in Christ that held him there. God gave his son, his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but of life everlasting. That must be continued to be preached till he comes in power and great glory. To him be all the honor and glory evermore. Amen. This concludes our service.